0: Amen. What a privilege it is um, that we get this time with all the noise around us and all the notifications in our head, most of which is not positive, most of the news is bad. Is that right? Or is that just my phone? (laughs) Um, What a great privilege it is that we get to open the Holy Word of God together. And if, if you're at home, I'd encourage you to just turn other screens off and, and do what you can to kind of cut out distractions. Because this is, this is holy time. This is God time. It's, the whole of our lives is God time. You understand why? I'm just saying the potential of this time um, is uh, awesome if we would gather together in humility and gather around his word. Um, this, today's message, I wonder if we have the mic down in the room a bit, Dom, because it's, it's a bit ringy um, and I speak loud enough, thank you. Um, uh, this message today is part of our Advent series. And this series has been all about Jesus being the light for everyone. That's why uh, Steph created that lovely Jesus, illuminated Jesus, and then screwed it to the fence outside. That's why we've got lights that illuminate the cross at the front of the wellspring, um, so that in the middle of the night, and people have been even sending emails saying, thank you so much for that light. It reassures me and gives me peace. This is somebody who lives across the way. Uh, The reason is because uh, Jesus is... He was, but he is the light for everyone. Uh, And our confidence in that is when we compare it to other sources of light, we realize that his light is brighter than anything. Brighter than the menorah that was in the temple, as David explained about the the whole experience of Zechariah and the foretold birth of of John the Baptist, who was like a signpost to Jesus. In the same way, Uh, The the light we've been looking at, uh, Steph, a couple of weeks ago, if you were here, she held uh, a clay uh, oil lamp from Jerusalem and from the Holy Land. And this tiny clay oil lamp that if you dropped it to the floor, would shatter into a thousand pieces. Uh, Mary was aware that she was like that oil lamp, and that the incarnate, the incarnation, the gift of God, in her was, was in a clay jar. That's why the Apostle Paul went on later to say, "We, we have this treasure in jars of clay." And the humility that Mary showed is an example to us. Uh, and actually, we ourselves are light bringers into the places where we go if the light of Christ is in us. Can you remember that? Uh, last week, Helen was talking about the star and the magi. And uh, and they followed the star. But the challenge of Helen's message was to not stop at the star. To not stop at the sign uh, instead to look to the one to whom the sign points, which is Jesus. And sometimes even at Christmas time, for those of us who are familiar with the whole churchy thing, we just we just sing about the signs instead of singing about the Saviour. At least in our hearts, we can just go through the motions instead of really taking the opportunity to draw near to Jesus. Jesus is, he was and he is the light for Everyone, Can I hear an amen? And that means you sitting at home. Uh, that means everyone in this room. That means everyone who's not even listening to this. Do you know he is, whether or not he's acknowledged, he is the light for everyone. As it says in the beginning of John's gospel. Hallelujah. So uh, we're going to, the, the light source today is uh, kind of related to the angels that we saw earlier on, for those of us here in the room, and we heard them at home, uh, but actually is about the glory Now, here is a brief history of the glory of the Lord. If you're here and you're not familiar with ease or or Christianese, it's one of those Christianese kind of words, you know. Uh, It's the glory of the Lord. In fact, it's an ancient word and it describes a number of qualities that there is no other word to use other than the word glory. uh, And that is the radiance, the excellence, the brilliance, the splendor, the powerful, blinding, holy presence. presence of the God of all the heavens. So it it is the the manifestation, if you like, the realisation, the physical brilliance of the glory of the God who created the stars without much effort at all. He just spoke them into being. You know those galaxies that we're still discovering on the edge of the universe? He created all of those through the word of his mouth, and, and, and we understand as we read the Old Testament, uh, the early books of the Bible, we, we understand that there are times when the glory of the Lord appeared on the earth. Everyone say, wow. wow. That's pretty cool. Now, it's one of, some of the wow moments are in Exodus chapter 16. The people of Israel, are, the, the Hebrews are out in the wilderness and the glory of the Lord is a cloud. The cloud of his glory was what guided them through the wilderness... And then in Exodus chapter 24, uh, Moses, the shepherd king there, Moses, um, he was taken up into Mount Sinai, and it says the glory of the Lord surrounded him on Mount Sinai, the glory of the Lord. He experienced the radiance, the brilliance, the awesomeness of God, and then the result of that encounter was that he came down from Mount Sinai with uh, the Ten Commandments engraved on a tablet, in 1 Corinthians, one King's eight and two Chronicles seven, they both document the time when the glory of the Lord entered the temple that had been built. In 1 Kings, it talks about the the presence of God and the cloud, uh, the presence of God, the glory cloud coming and filling the temple. And the priests, who were the ones that were set apart as the holy people, they ran from the presence of God, from the glory of God, because it was so fierce and so brilliant and so light, and they could not be in the same place as the glory of the Lord, all right? Uh, and then in uh, Second Chronicles, it's described as the fire of God coming into the temple, a very specific place. King David had experienced the glory of the Lord. He said, I have seen, Lord, in Psalm 63, I have seen your glory in the sanctuary. But it has to be said, over thousands of years, very, very, very few people ever really experienced the glory of the Lord. You had to be a leader, you had to be a king, or perhaps a priest. Very few people, up until that, up until the time that the shepherds were on a hill outside Bethlehem. But there was this promise, and if you get to the end of the Old Testament, you'll see places like Ezekiel chapter 10, Haggai chapter 2, Zechariah 2. The prophets said there is coming a time when the glory of the Lord will once again fill the temple. You see, this is the tragedy: is that the the glory of the Lord left the temple when the people of God stopped worshiping Him with all their hearts? The glory of God, it left the temple. And do you know what? Even though they spent literally, if you like, billions rebuilding the temple, the glory of the Lord was never in Herod's temple. Never. you You might say, well, there was a holy of holies. There was a sanctuary. Yes, there was a sanctuary, but no glory. Heaven forbid, and I've preached this many times, heaven forbid we should build anything in our lives, any physical structures, anything in our lives that would look like the presence of God, but not have his presence in it. Or a form of Christianity that is a series of rules or a series of rituals that we go through, but we never actually have the glory of the Lord and the presence of the Lord in them. Lord, please, God forbid that we should be empty vessels. Anyway, there was a vision that Ezekiel saw and others, and they said, one day, one day, ultimately, in the day of the Lord, the glory of the Lord will once again fill the temple. That was the vision. Now, what you might think, why am I, why am I saying this? Well, the reason is because this awesome light and power is unique as an experience across uh, the whole of the history of salvation. And it is very, very rare and very, very pure and very unusual that anyone should experience the glory of the Lord. Okay, just have that in mind. And then we're going to turn to our familiar text in Luke chapter 2, which you know is about the shepherds. And some of you have probably been around enough that you could recite this without me even having to read it because you know it so well. But I just think this is truly awesome. Someone say, this is awesome. This is awesome. You don't believe me yet, but I'm going to show you this is truly, this is what awesome was invented for, right? Not when you get those really nice socks, you know, toying for Christmas. I shouldn't have said anything. Listen, when you get those socks that it lights up when you press a button on the socks, you might be wanting to say, that is awesome. Thank you. That's not awesome. That's rubbish. Uh, I mean, truly awesome. What awesome was designed for is what we're about to read. In Luke chapter 2, Dr. Luke, who writes this gospel and account, he says this. I'm going to pick up from verse 6. He's talking about Mary. He says, And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night... And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they'd heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. What what an amazing story. Now, when we think about the shepherds, we may have heard from platforms like this, this idea that shepherds were despised in those days. Anyone heard that? They were, they were kind of lesser individuals. They were low kind of low-class members of society. The reason we've heard that is because Aristotle wrote, 300 years later, he wrote about the Greek shepherds and said that, he just said some not very nice things about them. The truth is, in the first century, in the time of Jesus, shepherds were just... It was an ordinary pastime. It was for the less educated, perhaps, but they were like the farmers. Well, literally, they were farmers. Uh, They were the the plumbers, the builders of the day. Uh, In fact, it makes sense, doesn't it? Because King David was a shepherd and Moses was a shepherd. Was Miriam part of a shepherd family, I think? And actually, God Himself describes Himself as the Shepherd of God's people. He treats so. So let's go easy on the shepherds. But the one thing that we do know that actually shepherds were pretty ordinary. They were kind of everyday people. And you could tell that because um, they, they are just, they're, they're the simple people, if you like. And one of the things about the shepherds, as we picture them, are underneath a tree perhaps or some kind of shelter and, and they're there at night while everyone is just having their last mulled wine before they go to sleep at night. You know, it is Christmas. And so that they're just, everyone's at home and getting comfortable uh, and, and they're out with their eyes open wide open to make sure no one steals their sheep or no animals get hold of their sheep and try and eat them. Uh, You see, what happens at night, and you would have noticed if you've gone outside, certainly if you've gone outside of the urban areas, gone into the countryside, you'll notice that when there's no artificial light around, your eyes and your brain has an incredible way of still taking in some kind of image. And your eyes open, your pupils open wide And we have an amazing bit. We can actually see a lot in the dark. We don't even need moonlight. Actually, we can adjust and we can make shapes. The thing about this is that our eyes adjust to the darkness. I'm going to suggest to you today that many people today in this dark world, in this dark time, our eyes have simply adjusted to the darkness. That's just how it is. More bad news. More rumours, more lies, more mistrust, and we just become adjusted to how dark it is. And you know, one of the things that happens, a couple of things that happen actually, when we, when our eyes adjust to the darkness, we can see, but two things get lost. The first of those is colour. When there isn't enough light around, we lose colour. It's the first thing to go, and so all we see is a shade of grey. That's what happens. Many, many people, sadly, many, many Christ followers have lost perspective but also lost colour. And we don't really have much to celebrate. The thing is, we do have a lot to celebrate when the light of Christ is in us and around us. But the problem is we've adjusted to the darkness. Can I hear an amen? And not just colour goes, but perspective goes. Our depth perception goes in the dark. So it's much harder to judge distance the darker, the darker it gets. That's the same way it is for us. We lose perspective on what is actually in front of us and what is there because the darkness, we just adjust. So these shepherds are there uh, and they're looking after sheep. There's not much to look at. The sheep just kind of, they don't really do much, do they? They're, they're kind of just looking after their sheep. Their eyes are open just to make sure everything's okay. And they're just having an ordinary night On the night shift with their sheep. They're just doing their job. And then something happens and a suddenly of the Lord. Verse 9. My favorite verse. The focus verse for this day. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. I'm going to say it again. Some of you, you don't look amazed by this. I am, I'm so amazed about this. I could swear about how amazed I am at this. These are ordinary everyday shepherds just going about their ordinary business. Listen to this. I'll read it to you again. I know you've heard it. A million Christmases. But let this wow you. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared Among them. Among them. An angel of the Lord (laughs) appeared among them. Wow. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Nowhere near the temple. Hello? Nowhere near a palace. They weren't in a church service. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They weren't in a church building. They were just at work. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. The the original Greek this was written in, uh, some translations say they translate it as shone around them. One translation says, and the radiance of the the Lord's glory, the glory of the Lord blazed around them. And see, their eyes have to suddenly, and you've had this if anyone's shone a torch in your face when you've been outside at night, right? It's like all of a sudden, you, it's like an electric shot to your nervous system. Uh, and the Im- imprint on the back of your retina of the light means that you're kind of dazed. Well, imagine that. The glory of the Lord shines around these shepherds in the middle of the night. And everything that was dark around them, now they can see the color and the depth of it. Wow! They can see how things really are. And of course they're afraid. (laughs) Would you be? Would you be? The priests ran from this glory and they knew what it was. The shepherd's just going about their everyday business. Wow! The glory of the Lord. And they're terrified. And the angel has to reassure them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Emphasis on all people. Jesus is the light for everyone. Can I amen? No even those who don't acknowledge him, he's still the light for them. Yeah, they, 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 haven't, they haven't got their kind of church membership card in, in their satchel along with their water carrier. They're they, they literally, they're just shepherds. And yet, in this moment, they're given a message that says that this is good news of great joy to all people, to all nations, to every class of society, to every skin color to people on uh, whole places on the gender spectrum, people on whole places in the wealth and energy, the kind of energy richness. It doesn't matter about what your internet connection is like or where you live, whether you live in the rural areas or the city. It doesn't matter whether you've got power or whether you are oppressed. The truth is, this is good news that will bring great joy to all people. Hallelujah. The glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord surrounds These shepherds, oh, the glory of the Lord. You see, the reason this is significant, you might think, well, I've never had that. The truth is, let me just explain this. This shows the heart of God. That when Jesus comes, it's a game-changing revelation of his nature. Paul says in Colossians 1, he says, We have now seen the image of the invisible God in Jesus. So whatever we thought God was like before Jesus came, now we get it in technicolor, in 4K, in full depth. Now the full counsel of God is revealed and Jesus comes and the announcement isn't to the people in the temple. The announcement isn't to the people in the palaces. The announcement is to a bunch of shepherds in a field. Hallelujah. For the first time in generations, the glory of God is experienced for the first time in generations to everyday people going about their work. This is the heart of God. My friend, my brother, my sister, this is the heart of the God for each and every one of us is that we might know what it means to be surrounded, but not just surrounded, but infused and indwelt with the glory of God. This is good news that brings great joy to all people. And the great thing is these shepherds become the first evangelists Shepherds, what do they know? They've not even been to school. In fact, the rabbis rejected them to be their disciples and to go and read the Torah in the synagogue. They're not good enough for that. They're not bright enough for that. And God gives them the mantle to be the first evangelists. And that's what they do. Now, what this shows us about God's heart is a few things. Let me just explain What I see here anyway, I don't know what you see. Maybe you see other things. I see firstly that God gives, when Jesus comes, God gives his his extra to the ordinary. God gives his extra to the ordinary. So ordinary people can live extraordinary lives. That is his heart. Is that ordinary people, because of Jesus, can live and will live extraordinary lives it shows us God's heart is to give his super to the natural. He wants to, not just then, but now, today, he still gives his super to the natural. So when you're serving that customer, when you're producing that product, when you're caring in that care home, when you're helping the poor, when you're finding a home for the homeless, when you do those natural things, because of Jesus, those things can become supernatural. When making food for your kids or, or, or even changing a nappy. Hello? Is it possible to see that? that? Even though it seems natural, God is in the business of making things that are natural supernatural. Because he wants to be in the middle of each and everything that we do. He gives his power to the weak. Hallelujah he gives his message to the uneducated. I love this. He gives his message to the people that that are least educated. And you might say, well, I've got a PhD in four degrees and I studied and I worked hard for those things. I want to say, well done. Well done. But heaven is not necessarily saying, oh, now I found somebody Clever that can explain my heart for all people's need. I love this. I love that. He gives his message to the uneducated. He doesn't need your CV. He just needs your heart. And I just love God's heart here. He said, do you know what? The first people. You can imagine the meeting in heaven, can't you? Again, you go, okay, right. What we're going to have to do? Angels, are you ready? Have you practiced the song? Have you got the words right? You're all, okay, you can imagine, right, okay, we're going to go. And you can imagine them rubbing their heads. I wonder where we're going to go. Surely we need to go to the temple, you know, big light show, maybe uh, fireworks or something, and we can do something. And finally, in the Holy of Holies in the temple, we can reveal the glory of the heavens. And, and God the Father says, oh, no, that's not, what we're, that's not where we're going to go. Uh, well, maybe we'll go to the palace where the king is. And reestablish the kingdom of God in the kingdom of the Jewish people. And, and, and no, no, we, there's a field, right? Just outside Bethlehem, just over there, the, uh, we were going to go there. You can imagine the meeting. What? To them? He gives this message to the uneducated, hallelujah. If you feel uneducated today, there's good news for you. He gives his riches to the poor. He said, many wealthy people in our kind of part of the world, the wealthiest 1% or 2% in the world, but you know there's such a poverty of spirit amongst the middle class and amongst the wealthy. Uh, When we're poor, he gives us his riches, and his riches are not necessarily material. His riches are the best news that anyone has ever held on their lips. That's the riches of heaven, forgiveness absolution freedom abundance liberty love acceptance all those kind of things that's the riches of heaven he gives the riches of heaven to the poor he also gives his attention to the overlooked everyone else has a proper job is sleeping the shepherds are just outside no one wants to do that job. I, I, I take my hat off to, to people who are bin men and women. You know, people, he would get up at like three or four in the morning and they, they take our rubbish. I saw one the other day and he had a big smile on his face. I, I, I thought, I'll bet he loves Jesus. Just has something about him, you know. I said, thank you so much. and He was like, looking at me, he was like, no one says thank you. <laughs> Listen, say thank you to your bin man. honestly. But there are many people in society It's always been that way, not just now, but always been, who are just overlooked, taken for granted. Oh, yeah, the reason we've got lamb today is because someone looked out for the sheep a couple of weeks ago, just overlooked. Listen, I've got good news for you today. If you feel overlooked, know this, you're not. Can I say it again? If you feel overlooked and you think that no one notices... God sees and he knows. And he knows what you got up to last night. And he knows what you said to yourself this morning when you got up. He knows your deepest fears. And he loves you completely, completely and totally and utterly. God gives his attention to the overlooked. Can I hear an amen? Amen. You are not overlooked whilst other people might overlook you because of your skin colour, because of your background, because of your education level, God's heart is to say, I see you. I see you. Not overlooked and not forgotten. And finally, he gives his glory to the lowly. Mary discovered this. She knew this. I'm lowly in heart, but when Jesus comes, he gives his glory to the lowly. Later on in Jesus' ministry, he grows. In fact, Jesus amazingly spent time with the ordinary, the natural, the weak, the uneducated, the poor, the overlooked, and the lowly. And he brought his extra, his super, his power, his message, his riches, his attention, and his glory to those people that he met. As he started off on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, He looks to his disciples and he says, now you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop, you are the light of the world. He commissioned those that put their trust in him to be a source of light in the world. He dies on the cross to demonstrate the extent of his love. He rises again after three days from the grave to show that his love and his power is ultimate for all peoples. He ascends into heaven. But before he ascends into heaven, he says to them, look, wait in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. So he ascends into heaven and they wait. Then on the day of Pentecost, the glorious power of God, the Holy Spirit. He descends in that room and it says, there is a tongue of fire. Think glory. There's a tongue of fire for every single man and woman, boy and girl in that room receives the gift of the Holy Spirit. The glory of the Lord now goes from being around them to dwelling and living in them. Hallelujah. So they go from being surrounded to being filled with the brilliant radiance of God. Hallelujah. That's what happened at Pentecost. That's what happened at Pentecost. Now you might think, well, what's the, how do I, let me just thread this all through together. Because you see, you and I are surrounded by the glory of God because of Jesus. Not only that, have you received the gift of the Holy Spirit? Because if you have. You are now filled with the radiant glory of God. Filled. Radiant. Brilliant. You are brilliant. You are brilliant. Are you brilliant? Everyone say, I'm brilliant. I'm brilliant. That's that's actually the message today. I'll change the title of the talk. I'm brilliant. I'm brilliant. Because of Jesus. I'm surrounded by light and I'm infused with the glory of God. I am brilliant because of Him. And do you know what? Brilliant people run into the darkness instead of run away from it, like Holy Spirit filled first responders. Helen and I love to watch a Netflix series about firefighters. I, we just love all that kind of... And uh, maybe because I was a... Um, I li- used to live next to a fire station when I was younger. And uh, I was a fire service uh, chaplain over at Watford Fire Station for years. I've got great respect for any of those who are first responders. Do you know these guys? When other people are running away from a burning building, they run towards it. I love that. In the same way Christians, Christ followers, full of the Holy Spirit... We need to be. We are commissioned to be those that run towards the darkness instead of from it. Where's the darkness? I'm going to go. I've got nothing to be afraid of. Can I hear an amen to this? Nothing to be afraid of. Oh, but the news. The news is terrible. Have you seen the news? Listen, I get notifications about all the bad news four or five times a day on my phone let alone everywhere else, let alone all the word, oh, what about this, about COVID, this, restriction, this, and, and this is going to happen, and that's going to happen, and the economy is going to happen. I read a social commentary this week, someone said, a really intelligent journalist said, the thing about this bad news is that for the last 18 months or so, it's now two years, isn't it really, the last 18 months at least, the, the bad news has been about us. It's not just been about something that's happened in another side of the world. It's been our bad news day after day after day after day after day. Bad economic news, bad health news, bad news about our job securities, bad news about the way this is, bad news about how poor our government is. Bad Bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news. And it's our bad news. And if we're not careful, the cloud... The cloud of darkness cannot just come around us, but it can start to seep in us. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Or is it just me? And sometimes we allow that cloud to cloud our spirits. And all of heaven is saying, no, no. Don't let the fear grip you. Don't let the anxiety overtake you. There is hope in Jesus. The light for everyone. And we are commissioned to be light bringers, to be brilliant in all the places that we grow. Like Desmond Tutu, reading about him this week. What a hero. During the time of apartheid, with so much bitterness, with so much heartache, with a nation divided in horrendous ways, so much violence, so much evil and darkness... Desmond Tutu goes, he runs into the darkness and in the name of Jesus establishes the Peace and Reconciliation Commission and gets the two sides talking and shines a light where there's only been darkness. Oh, thank God for Desmond Tutu. He ran to the darkness, not away from it. Like a friend of ours, a guy called Dean Collar. If you've been around this church family long enough, you might remember a, a blind Texan. Big 10 gallon hat. I remember him speaking from John chapter 6, completely blind, recited the whole of John chapter 6 about spiritual blindness, then pointed out to all of us who thought we could see that in fact we were blind. And I remember going with him into the south of Sudan to go and live in a mud hut for a week with him, completely blind. And for him to catch the heart of God for these orphans, to go back to America to raise tens of thousands of dollars to help feed these orphans that he couldn't even see. I tell you, he could see. Hello? He could see. Why? Because the light of Christ was burning in him and threw him into wherever he went. Thank God for Dean Collar. What an amazing man of God. I spoke after the first service to a member of the Wellspring family working in our hospitals. When other people, and this is going to happen more and more over the next couple of weeks, when other people are running away for fear of the disease, you, know, do you know, there are some people who are stepping into those COVID wards, who are stepping into a place where other people run away from. I tell you, and I, th- I pray, Lord, would you shine your light so brightly through those that are running to the problem and not away from it. Lord, be with them. Lord, be with them. And if that's you at home, if that's you in the building, honestly, we're praying for you to shine brightly. Run to the darkness and know that the darkness cannot overcome the light of Christ. Hallelujah. I may be placed in the darkness, but I'm surrounded by the light. I may be placed in the darkness, but I'm surrounded by the light and I'm running to it. How about you? How about we at Hall as a church, we run to the dark places? Unafraid? Not stupid. Not in denial. Oh, but don't you realise how dark it is? Yes, I do. I realise how dark it is. That's why we need to be who God's called us to be and to be brilliant. And when Jesus returns, he's coming to collect a radiant bride. Hello? A brilliant church that shines brightly. We... Those that are surrounded by the light can thrive in the darkness. And do you know what? It's going to get darker and darker and darker and thicker, and thicker and thicker and thicker the darkness, but the light will shine brighter and brighter as a result. What's God's answer to all this darkness? From what I read it, His answer to all this darkness is you. I know this is really basic stuff, but it's really important. What's God's answer to all this darkness? Doesn't he see? Doesn't he see all this stuff? What's what's his answer? Why doesn't he just do something? He has done something. Hello? He sent Jesus. He's done something. He resurrected Jesus. He's done something. He sent the Holy Spirit. He's done something. He's commissioned the church. He's done something. Now you do something. (laughs) Let's do something. With the commission that he's given us, sorry to those who are overseeing the microphone, I think I just broke it. Let's run to the shadows as first responders in the name of Jesus. I hope this has helped you today. That's my desire, just to help. If the glory of the Lord can shine around shepherds on a hill, how much more? After Pentecost, can we be a brilliant church? You are a brilliant people. Shine brightly. St. Patrick wrote a, a hymn, a prayer, and uh, Stuart Tannum's adapted it. And I just want to read this. As the band uh, come up, we're going to pray. And we're going to sing together. We're going to give God glory, and we're going to pray out against the darkness But more importantly, we're going to shine the light of Christ as we worship him. Listen to this prayer. Christ, be with me. Christ within me. Christ behind me and before me. Christ beside me. Christ to win me. Christ to comfort and restore. Christ beneath me. Christ above me. Christ in hearts of all who know me. Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. Christ in quiet and in roar. Love, blessed Trinity of three, bound in unity, who guides my journey. I will arise with strength of heaven, trusting in your light to guide my journey. Shine before me. Oh Lord, lead me home. Power to guide me. Might to hold me. Wisdom teach me, watching owe me. Ear to hear me. Hand to guard me. Love to conquer every fear. Hallelujah. wonder where you are if you want to put your phones or Bibles down. If you're at home, again, just... Become aware of the presence of God where you are. And right now, in the name of Jesus, we can welcome the glorious light of the Holy Spirit to rise up again, for the dimmer to be turned up again in our hearts as we sing truth and as we worship together as we pray together do you know it's like the light can be turned up within us and the darkness be dispelled and so right now in the in the name of Jesus we speak against every cloud of darkness every lie all the deceit all the rubbish all the nonsense we speak against it in the name of Jesus and we say darkness be gone from our hearts and our homes and our minds. We speak against that darkness right now, not because our prayers are clever, but because your name is great, Jesus. We we dispel the darkness right now. We dispel the darkness. I speak against it with the authority of the name of Jesus, the brilliant King of glory. And we pray, God, we welcome you, Holy Spirit, brilliant Holy Spirit, fire of God. Would you come now and meet your people today? Would you come now and fill your church again today? That we might burn more brightly in this coming age than we ever have before. And we pray this not because of us, but because of Jesus. And in Christ alone, we put our hope and our trust. Hallelujah. Can I hear an amen? I wonder if we could stand. Let's sing together.